Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello, and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Ashley Quinlan, Senior Road Technical Editor here for all things road and gravel, and I'm joined today by my esteemed colleague, Simon Von Bromley, our Senior Technical Writer for Road and Gravel as well. How are you, sir? Yeah, really good, thanks, Ash. Yeah, excited for this one. I think we've... uh both you and I have spent a long time working on the on the subject of today's podcast, so it's glad, to, happy to finally get it behind us, but also get it out into the world. Yeah, yeah, I think we've done some valuable work. But uh, before we get into that, um, what have you been up to recently, apart from what we're about to discuss? Um, well, uh, I, last couple of weeks have just been kind of testing um, small, small little bits, really. So I've had a few shoes, you know, kind of, kind of helmets, that sort of thing, and so yeah, they're kind of interesting, like you know. As we're kind of, I mean, it's kind of relevant to, to this um, to this podcast in, in in a way. But like, you know, when you when you're testing kind of multiple things from you know high end stuff, mm. often from from product category, there can often be very little to sort of separate things, you know. And sometimes you feel like you know, as a tester, you should be you know ultra critical and you know like looking to make big big statements about why one is much better than the other, but. You know that sometimes actually, you know, there's just a lot of good products on the market, and and you see that, especially you know, if you're if you pay decent money, you often do get a good product. So yeah, that's that's been kind of interesting. Sure, sure. What about you? What have you been up to? Uh, what haven't I been up to? Uh, <laughs> no, I've uh, well, a few weeks ago, I was on the Specialized Tarmac SL8 launch, um, and uh, yeah, that was that was a great experience to see the the World Championships at the same time. Um, yeah, it was a really tough course out there. I've, I've got to say, like you, you, I can't remember what the uh, what the that small hill was called. Yeah, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but I tell you what, I had a look at it, and it's <laughs> really steep. Um, yeah. Not something I'd want to be doing, you know. However many times I went round, um, so uh, yeah, no hats. Off off to them and uh, to both the men and women to be honest with you it was it was you know you know chapeau to them yeah and i thought it was a good world championships actually and you know i thought it was really interesting with that course as well and the way it was almost a bit like a crit race where yeah. that you know be just so many so much cornering the circuit was really narrow and you know kind of came into the final you know 100k or something with less mm. than sort of 50 maybe even less riders uh, left in the bunch and and it kind of seemed that you know for example when Betty or, or Vanderbilt who eventually won the race were were away you know even though they had 
you know, just 30 seconds or so, mm. you know, that was a significant gap on that course because yeah. it meant you were around the corner and mm. you couldn't be seen and without race radio. So yeah, I thought it made for a really interesting race. I think so. I think it's had a few detractors and that it was a very kind of a specialized sort of race, made it seem a bit like a crit world championships rather than a, a road world championships. But I think, I think if you don't vary the courses up and give them new challenge, you know, make it challenging in different ways and, you know, you, you risk having the same winner multiple times year after year after year. Um, and I think, you know, it's no surprise that the top two were cyclocross specialists, you know, used to, you know, powering over steep climbs and doing, you know, basically going pedal to the metal from the beginning. So it, it was no surprise to me that that happened, but I think it's good to see, you know, a good variety of, of courses, you know, in, 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 the, in, uh, in, in the World Championships. So. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And, and I think you can't, I don't think, you know, I don't think anyone can really argue with the, the fact that we had, you know, the, the top four was, was filled with quality. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. undoubtedly some of the, the you know, the, the best riders of their kind of, you know, generation in, in the Men's World Championships, for example. Uh, so, and, you know, obviously, yeah, produced two fantastic win- winners on both the men and the women's side in the road race. So, yeah, I thought it was great. Let's get to it, shall we? So uh, today uh, we are going to be talking about our recent fast road bike tyres test. And what sets this one out a little bit from testing that we've done previously is that we got together eight of uh, arguably and probably, you know, eight of the fastest tyres that we know about or the big, big most popular tyres. And we put them to the test uh, in a rolling resistance um, scenario. And um, yeah, so we went to Silverstone for that, didn't we, Simon? So uh, do you want to tell us a little bit, um, first of all, about how we tested uh, these tyres and what those tyres were? Yeah, so I think, you know, you know we, we, when we kind of sat down this year and we kind of, you know, talked about the fact that there had been a number of, uh, you know, uh, top of the range models coming out from the kind of major road bike tire manufacturers such as, you know, Vittoria, Continental had recently launched ones, obviously Pirelli with the Mm -hmm. ones coming out and Michelin had new models, you know, so we knew we wanted to do a group test of road bike tires, uh, particularly high-end tubeless models, because that's where most of the development has been focused. Um, But we felt that it, you know, because these are aimed at you know racing and fast road riding and you know that sort of thing we really felt that uh finding a way to test their speed mm. was going to be really important now you know there there are ways that we can do that and you know we've we've kind of done field testing in the past or we've done you know i've used rollers for example but you know that's fine if you're just kind of testing you know one or two tires you can do a b testing right you know we can all spend a, an afternoon or something doing you know is tire a faster than tire b riding around the velodrome or whatever but actually yeah. like when we wanted to do a sign we realized you know there were so many new models on the market and, and i'll kind of list them all in a minute that actually we were going to need help <laughs> yes yeah um so so yeah so we um you know we're we're lucky enough that the silverstone sports engineering hub which is in Towcester, or just kind of, you know, at Silverstone, which is... Is know, it Towcester or Tuster? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it might be Tuster. Is it? Well, I think so, wow. yes. But there we, there we are, it's on that side I'll of ta- it anyway. I'll, take, I'll take your word for it, to be okay. honest. I just okay. looked it up on Wikipedia. I haven't heard anyone say it. But obviously it's at Silverstone, yes. you know, the racetrack Silverstone. Yes. Um, 
And the the kind of engineering hub itself is actually you have to enter the circuit to get in there, which confused us a little bit because it felt a bit strange. You know, we're driving there. Me and Matt Howes, our, who was our videographer for the day, we're, were kind of driving there and we realized we suddenly had to enter the circuit. Mm. And we kind of thought, are we taking a wrong turn? Are they going to think we're here to, to Be, race? beat it around the track in our, in our van? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so that was, a, that was a cool experience. But at Silverstone Sports Engineering Hub, you know, as well as, people who are familiar with the facility may be aware that they have a wind tunnel but they also do um you know uh, chain testing stiffness uh, testing that that sort of thing they have a whole lab of um you know rigs and that sort of thing but um they and a wind also, tunnel of course as yeah, well they also have a wind tunnel that's right but they also have a rolling resistance rig mm. which um enables them to determine the rolling resistance of tires and so very conveniently for us we were you know able to to go use their facility in exchange for cash. <laughs> ah, well, that, well, that's good. That's good. So we, we paid to use the facility, which is good. Um, yeah. And um, so, yeah, what were these tyres that we, we put to the test then? So, yes, as, as you kind of alluded to, you, you know, we, we kind of picked what we felt were the kind of the, the most noteworthy tyres from the most noteworthy brands. Now, of course, you, you know, we, we weren't able to test everything. We did pick eight tires, which, you know, as far as a group test go, you know, we think is, is quite a good good amount. But inevitably, you know, I'm sure I, I apologize to anyone whose favorite tire brand is left off the list, basically. Sure. But we yeah. did try our best to hit all the big hitters. And, you know, it was a case that, you, you, you know, we couldn't, because we were paying for the time at the rolling resistance rig, we couldn't test an unlimited amount of tires no. because obviously time is money. And the longer you need the machine and the technicians and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff, it, the cost, you know, adds up quickly. Yeah. So the list of tyres that we had, we had the, we'll, we'll go in alphabetical order. Um, we had the Challenge Criterium RS, which is a, a new model. The Continental GP5000 STR, which has uh, been on the market for a little while now, but obviously um, you know, widely regarded as a very good tyre. And you had reviewed before, hadn't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, we had the Goodyear Eagle F1R, which is the, the brand new model. Uh, Michelin's Power Cup TLR, um, which you is know, also new, yeah, relatively new, I relatively new model. Yeah, exactly. So I think that was launched maybe twenty twenty one, maybe twenty twenty two. But yes, like yeah, the brand, the latest model. We had the Schwalbe. Uh, sorry, actually no. We had the Pirelli P zero Race TLR, which is the most recently released version with the Speed Core casing. That's right. Uh, we had the Schwalbe Pro One TLE. Now that's the oldest tire from the list. Yeah. Yeah. But as we'll kind of discuss later, it doesn't isn't wasn't necessarily fit necessarily a bad thing by any means. Um, we have seen obviously you know sure we kind of teasing there this aerofan tire so i wonder mm. if, you know that that tire might be the first of this group to to get superseded but we'll have to kind of keep an eye on that yeah we tested the specialized s-works turbo 2br uh that's not the rapid air version because as we'll kind of come on to in a minute there was a bit of a size discrepancy there that meant yes. we couldn't test the rapid air so we tested the s-works turbo 2br which is still a race tire but isn't their kind of highest end model nominally it's slightly more of a classicy type tire but yeah you know when you actually look at the kind of weight of the tire it, it actually came out in the middle so i think it is you know, still a fair model to include mm-hmm. and finally we tested the uh, new vittoria corsa pro tlr which you know we we're discussing the world championships and particularly Man- matthew matthew van der poel's victory earlier but those are the tires that he used to win that race yeah, and it's worth pointing out as well that when we were selecting these tyres, we were selecting tyres that weren't... Uh, well, you led up on this, but we weren't selecting tyres that you would then turn up to on a, on a TT necessarily. You know, they're not the fastest tyre that these brands make. They're prob- they're the best all-in-round performance tyre. Um, so, I'd say, 
use Continental as an example because it's the easiest one that springs to mind. You've got the STR, which we tested here, uh, but you could have could have had the TTTR, which is at the obviously the time trial end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. as you might think. And there's also the ASTR, which I've reviewed, which is the all season STR essentially, and a little bit heavier, you know. Again, so we're, we're lo- essentially we're looking at summer tires that any enthusiast who's really into their cycling may want to consider putting onto their bike, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And and for us, this is kind of, you know, where we think the kind of sweet spot for, you know, the kind of average road rider is going to be, as you say, for summer tires. Now, you know, obviously we, we always read the comments on, on our reviews and, you know, every kind of tire review that we we do of a kind of racy tire, inevitably someone who's had a bad experience will come in and say, well, these tires are, you know, like, like paper. Yeah. I punctured yeah. mine on the first ride. And, mm. and, and, and not to kind of discount that experience, but just to sort of say that, you know, these are designed for racing ultimately, yeah. but yeah, we, we haven't, you know, we intentionally didn't just try and get the fastest model from every single manufacturer because yeah, if we'd gone out and tested the, yeah, the, the Grand Prix, uh, 5,000 TTTR mm. or the Victoria Corsa Speed or, you know, the kind of, uh, I think you know, Michelin does a, a power cup TT version as well. There's a race version of the Pirelli. Yep. You know, yeah. And, and those tires would undoubtedly I, I think have been faster in terms of you know, lower rolling resistance, mm. but you know is that yeah is that helpful <laughs> to yeah. your average non racer? Mm. Probably not because you know those tires are are so focused on speed that they really compromise on you know durability, puncture protection, yeah. you know, mileage, for example. Wear life of those tires tends to be very small, you know, and they're not cheap. So we felt that. You know, we this this wasn't a test that was aimed at just fasting finding the fastest tire period period no, no. because you know uh, you know we'll, we'll kind of discuss this a bit more in this podcast but I, you know for us having ridden you know so many tires I don't think you know whilst it can be easy to get hung up on rolling resistance figures and think that mm. that's the only thing that matters but actually you know especially if you're not racing and not taking part in you know yeah like races where there's money on the line or whatever because you're a yeah. professional that actually like that kind of all ra- all out speed performance isn't actually the thing that really makes a difference to you in a kind of day-to-day basis mm. so yeah. yeah that's 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 exactly right that's that's how we chose our tires okay and what tire size did we choose to test well we chose to test um 700 times 28c mm-hmm. as we felt that that is the kind of you know the de facto standard now mm-hmm. um you know obviously there'd be people out there who are still riding 25 mil tires and there may even be people who have decided that they want to go you know wider still you know for us i think you know if you were, if you were to poll the kind of road riders in in the bike radar offices i think you find most people would be running 28cs i think that's a kind of a good balance of comfort you know kind of aerodynamic they're not you know, they're kind of most modern wheel sets are designed to work around 28 right yeah you know i think if you're if you want to run narrower or wider tires the results of this test are still going to be, be applicable you know the kind of rolling resistance ranking should still hold up i would say in yeah. kind of 25 to 30 you know provide but like it, yeah for us 2028 20, is kind of where we think the kind of current sweet spot lies um but yeah th- that does assume that you're running a kind of you know, uh, a relatively modern wheel set with a kind of internal width that is designed for 28C tires. So yeah. if you have an older wheel set, you know, perhaps for rim brake bikes and it's got, say, a 17 millimeter internal rim width rather than a 19 or 21 millimeter mm-hmm. uh, rim width, then, you know, yeah, you might still be better off with a 25C tire because a 28C tire might be slightly tricky to fit to those rims. And yeah, you know, vice versa, if you've got an all-road bike and you've got a really wide set of wheels, 
Mm. You know, don't 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 take this as us sort of saying that you know twenty eight C is what you should use. It, it's just that's what we think is where the kind of sweet spot is for general road riding. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Exactly. Um, there was one exception to that, I think, wasn't there, in the tyre sizes that we... Yes. Of the tyres that we had, there was one exception that was not 28C for a very good reason. Yeah, that's right. One. And it was the... Yeah, exactly. The challenge uh, criterium RS only comes in a 25C and a 27C. Right. <laughs> um, so, so I, uh, yeah, don't don't ask me why. I don't know why they do that, but that was the closest tyre size they did. They don't do a 29C no. or a 30C tyre either. Um, so, you know, the, that was the closest we could get, but we felt that it was still worthy of a conclusion. You know, it's only kind of like technically, you know, should, you know on a uh, ETRTO standard rim, it should only mm. really be one millimetre difference in tyre size. So we, we didn't kind of consider it too big of an issue. When I referred to the specialised tyre earlier and just when I was listing them, the Rapid Air version only came in a 26 which mm. we felt was really more akin to a 25C tyre size and therefore yep. was felt like the next size down. Yep. So, And that's why we opted for the S-Works Turbo 2BR rather than the S-Works Turbo Rapid Air 2BR. Yes. Now, I know that you know that's a lot of words. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's but, true. you know, if you go to bikeradar.com when these reviews are published and you, you know, obviously you can read the feature, then it will kind of all make sense, really. Cool. And so we, we went to the lab. And uh, how did we do that test? What what happened in the lab when you went down there? So um, at, obviously at Silverstone, they have uh, some very smart people, which is helpful. <laughs> and, yeah. and essentially, you know, they kind of run the test for you. You know, you give them their, you kind of give them the parameters that you want. Um, but the, the machine is essentially like a, a really big roller drum. Mm -hmm. And it has a kind of motor that drives the drum and then using torque meters they're able to basically measure the power required to overcome the rolling resistance in the machine to a very high degree of accuracy yep. you know with the input parameters of how much weight do you want on the tire to create a contact pack load yep. patch load which simulates you know obviously you know the weight of a rider being on the tire because obviously that's um, very important you know you give it a speed to simulate i think in this case we chose we chose 30 kilometers per hour because we felt that that represented, you know, a kind of, the, you know, the higher speed you choose, the kind mm -hmm. of more resolution you get in your testing in a way, because obviously, you know, the differences would, would be larger at higher speeds. But obviously, if you go too, you know, but if you go too slow, then you don't get much resolution. But, you know, but we didn't want to choose, you know, 45 kilometers per hour because, you know, that would that would potentially feel a bit like we have with aero testing often. That would feel perhaps a bit unrealistic for our audience and for me and you. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, I'm not rolling around at 45k an hour average speed, right? It's, yeah, it's closer to 30 exactly. most of the time. Yeah, and, and you know, it may have been possible to say test at 45 and then extrapolate to different speeds, but we didn't want to do that. We wanted to no. keep this kind of as relevant as possible. So we yes. chose a 40 kilogram contact patch load, mm -hmm. which translates to obviously, you know, if you had two wheels, that would be a kind of roughly 80 kilogram system weight. That doesn't mean an 80 kilo rider. That means a kind of, you know, roughly 71, 72 kilogram rider with a, you know, eight kilogram, nine kilogram bike, including you know, mm. pedals, saddlebag, you know, snacks in your pockets. We kind of felt that was roughly... Uh, realistic and then yeah a test speed of 30 kilometers per hour okay and that wasn't the only testing we did no because you know as we kind of already alluded to you know the results of that test you know while very interesting 
you know, might not tell the true, uh, sorry, not the true story, but the full story in the sense yeah. that, like, you know, you also have to set them up. You know, you also have to then ride them in the real world. Like, all of these things, yeah, like, the tyres have a kind of, we, we, you and I, Ash, have discussed this at length over the last few weeks, but they have that, you know, tyres have this kind of intangible ride quality yep. that separates good and bad tyres, and, and you only know that mm. by riding them in the real world, you know, at, and it's important that you know we can we can vouch for these tires both in terms of how they perform in the lab but we can also vouch for these tires you know that they were how how easy or not were they to set up how good did they feel on the road when you're just kind of rolling along how grippy did they feel in the corners what yeah. you know did they kind of fall apart when it starts raining or something like that so i think it was important it felt important to us to have a kind of a rounded test and that mix of you know objective and subjective testing because yeah, it's it's very easy to just get kind of hung up on the ranking, mm. the rolling resistance ranking of tires, and then say, right, that's it. Well, that's all I need to know. But for, for us, actually, like, it's a it's a more nuanced picture. Yeah, we'll come on to that nuanced picture later. But first of all, let's get hung up on some numbers, shall we? <laughs> yeah, let, let's do that. that. Let's, <laughs> let's just do that anyway. Um, so, what were the results of that lab test where we? Where we, you know, we stuck the stuck the tires each on the roller. I know we sent them out a day before, didn't we? So they'd acclimatized to the yeah, natural environment. So we right. weren't taking a tire with us. Had been in an air conditioned car in twenty degrees, and then some others had been at five degrees yeah. longer because that that warmer. Sorry, because that makes a difference to how they'd perform. So they'd been in sight for twenty four hours beforehand, all the same, but all been treated, you know, as close as humanly possible, the same. And so what were the results? Yeah, that's right. And, and just to kind of expand on that, because that, that is a really good point that, yeah, we did send the tyres ahead of time because they did, um, you know, the, in their kind of expertise, the lab advised us that, you know, the tyres do, do need to acclimatise. Yeah. And that temperature is very important for testing rolling resistance because, you know, high temperatures tend to lower it and, and things like that. So, yeah, we did make every effort Mm. to be as consistent as possible with these we we pumped um every tire up to a tpsi oh yes um, yeah. so you know using the same track pump with the same pressure gauge and you know so so we made every effort to keep them the same and then when the test took place each test was preceded by a warm-up um to bring the tires up to temperature mm-hmm. so like you know it would have been the, it was a standardized protocol that the machine runs automatically but obviously yeah. you know, the kind of the silverstone boffins set it up i think it was a 10, 10 minute warm up run followed by a 10 minute actual run yeah. you know and they check the the width of the tire they you know you check the inflation pressure you know so you're kind of monitoring all that and the machine measures ambient temperature tire temperature roller temperature you know like all of all of this sort of stuff all of the stuff <laughs> all all the good stuff yep yep so yeah prefacing that uh the results of the test were that the most efficient tyre on test was the Pirelli P0 TLR with just 11.86 watts for a single tyre to overcome the rolling resistance. Okay. So that was our that was our most efficient tyre on test. I, I, the temptation to say fastest it is really... <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I try and say most efficient because obviously fast is a speed and when we weren't measuring speed, we were measuring efficiency. Yes. And they're slightly different because obviously in the real world you have you know, aerodynamic drag and all that sort of stuff and yeah. but we can't, you know, we weren't testing that so we can't necessarily say they are but on they were the most efficient if we're being very technical about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. I mean, you don't come home from a ride, you look at it on Strava or wherever you, you upload your ride to and then and say, oh, I... I you know, managed to save myself half a watt. Or yeah, I, I was that's very not efficient. how. Yeah, very efficient today. That's not how you, how we do it. So no. there's a bit of a disconnection there. There is. Yeah. But it, ultimately, if all things are equal, then a more efficient tire 
should yes. translate to being a faster tire, but it's not quite that simple as we'll come on to later. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, you know, so yeah, that's exactly right. So in contrast, the the kind of uh, the least efficient tire and test was the Vittoria Corsa Pro TLR, which required sixteen point six eight watts to overcome the rolling resistance. So that's um, four point eight two watts more per tire than the Pirelli, which was you know we'll maybe discuss this particular tire a little bit later but obviously yeah as you'd need a tire for each wheel on your bike you have mm. to double that to get the figure and then you know all of a sudden you you know you're looking at a difference of almost 10 watts just you know by picking a different set of tire at tires now you know this is 10 watts at 30 kilometers per hour now often you know we're quite used to hearing well it saves 10 watts at 50 k k k's an hour you yeah, know? Yeah. and we're all used to feeling well, I never go 50k an hour, so that's an unrealistic claim. But 30 kilometers per hour, you know, I think most people probably achieve that on mm. the, on their rides, and especially if you ride in a group, that's not unrealistic. So, so yeah, that that was um, that was something of a difference. But in terms of everything else, the differences were actually smaller, and the rest of the tires were a much closer match for the Pirellis, uh, ranging from 14.32 watts for the Specialized S Works Turbo 2BR. Uh, to 12.08 watts for the Schwalbe Pro 1 TLE. So, you know, the Schwalbe Pro 1 TLE was the kind of next closest tire to the Pirelli. And then, you know, the Specialized S-Works Turbo 2BR was the second slowest in inverted commas. But as you can see there, there's only a difference of, you know, just over two watts per tire. Yeah. The, so, or four watts in total for a pair of tires. So the differences are getting a lot closer. Once you once the Vittoria, which, okay, bottomed the, the rolling resistance test um, specifically, after that, everything got a lot closer. Yeah, that's right. And, and actually, you know, I don't know if, uh, yes, part of me was like, oh, yeah, it's quite surprising how close in performance they are. You know, maybe I expected bigger gaps, but, but actually, you know, I, I think, yeah, it's it's a good thing in a way because it just shows that you know there's there's quality across the board. I think yes, uh, and uh, you know again we'll talk a little bit more about this later. I keep saying that we are you know we're going to come onto these things, but like you know th th there was there was good performance across the board really. Yeah, and it's also interesting to note is that the second fastest tire, or excuse me, the second most efficient tire in the <laughs> test. So to catch myself out now. Uh, was the oldest tire. You know, the tire's been around for years and years, you know, the Schwalbe Pro 1 TLE, right? Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, I think it's really interesting as well because you know, I think that, you know, we reviewed that tire, reviewed really well. I mean, it's a very well-respected tire. And I think most people in the bike radar office will have ridden this tire at some point. Yep, yep. And, I've, and I've never really heard anyone have a bad word to say about it. No. So, you know, in a way, it's, it's perhaps not surprising that that is, a, that is a very strong performer still. And yeah, an, an impressive result. And then you have the middle, you know, the, in the middle there, you've got, the, I think, the Goodyear factors, doesn't it? The Michelin's in there as well. The sort of, yeah. in, we say in the middle of the road, but actually they're much of a muchness similar yeah, to so, the tyres around them. Yeah, the kind of overall ranking from, you know, mm -hmm. uh, first to last was the Pirelli P0 TLR, or P0 race TLR, sorry, with 11.86 watts. Uh, behind that, you had the Shelby Pro 1 TLE with 12.08 watts. Following closely behind that was the Challenge Criterium RS at 12.18 watts. Yeah, <laughs> so, very close. Almost so very, very close. Almost yeah. identical. You know, I mean, uh, pretty much identical, to be honest mm. there. And then following that, you had the Michelin Power Cup TLR at 13.15, the Goodyear Eagle F1 at 13.33, the Continental GP5000 STR at 14.02, uh, the Specialized S-Works Turbo at 14.32, and then, yeah, lastly... Um, at the bottom was the Vittoria Corsa Pro TLR at 16.68. So yeah, you know, apart from the Vittoria, 
they were all very closely matched and we're you know within a couple of watts now you know that's not to say that those two watts shouldn't factor into a purchasing decision you know we we have said that you know for us it's not necessarily the most important thing but it does still appear high on the list and you know all else being equal yeah you might as well have the faster tire but you know is it the case that all else is always equal maybe not and i think we might come on to that in a moment we we will i th- yeah we will but you know so before we go on to that you know what were the unexpected results and why how might they be explained so i th- you know i think for me the unexpected the obvious unexpected result was the fact that the vittoria corsa pro tlr was was such an outlier mm-hmm. um and it's it's a really tough one to sort of uh explain why that might be really um, actually, when we were doing the test, it was, you know, I could, you, the machine reads out live and you can see the thing, the, the numbers flashing up on the screen. And um, and, and I queried it with the engineers because I said that that's, you know, that's quite a bit, uh, quite a, a lot less efficient. The discrepancy is big. Yeah, right? that's quite, yeah. A, that's an obvious discrepancy. I can see yeah. that, that that's a slower tyre. And I think I had high hopes for it as well because obviously it's been very successful um, in the World Tour. You know, as we discussed earlier, you know, Van der Poel's just won a World Championships on it. So, but, uh, you know, we, we checked everything, Yeah, you know, yeah. like I, cause, because it was such a discrepancy, I said to the engineers, you know, like, can we just double check this? And, and they looked at all the data from the machine, all the temperature data, you know, as I said, we we'd pumped them up using the same pump to the same pressure to the same X, Y, Z, you know, I, I, so I think the only thing, the only, you know, other than it just being right, and that's just what it is, I think the only explanation we could possibly think of with that you know maybe there is an element of like variation amongst tire samples for example Mm. that we're not picking up on because we were only able to test uh one tire per per model yeah and it's you know in an ideal world you know which unfortunately we don't live in but in an ideal world i think it would have been really good to have tested say three samples Mm. of every single model because then, you know, you can kind of average out the results. You can spot any, like, obvious discrepancies. Mm. But, you know, I got those tyres directly from Vittoria. Like, I literally brought them back from the product launch in Italy. Yep. So, it, it's, you know, they, I, I, I know the full product journey. I went to Italy yes. yeah, and, exactly. brought, and brought them home <laughs> in my bag. You know, I, they haven't been damaged in transport or anything like that. Like, you, you know, it was a brand new out-of-the-box tyre. Mm. So, yeah. So, it, it's really hard to, to say, you know, Obviously, you know, yeah, it would have been lovely to have tested multiple models and maybe that would have shed a little bit of extra light on it. But unfortunately, you know, like we kind of explained earlier, like time in the in the lab co- costs money. And, mm. you know, we were already had, um, you know, other time-saving measures in place, such as, you know, we tested the tyres with latex inner tubes rather than set up tubeless because, you know, tubeless takes a long time to set up, like it can be messy and, you know, mm. you have to wait for tyres to... You know, one of the things you and I discovered quite a bit in um, yep. in our real world testing was that a lot of the tires took a long time to seal and yep. and, and hold air properly. So um, that would have really been a problem in the lab because we you know we had to move quickly. Um, so so yeah, I, I think that you know that's the kind of biggest outlier for me. I you know when I was riding that tire in the in the real world, it you know it didn't necessarily. I wouldn't have said, oh, I'm losing ten watts here. This is so obviously that much slower. But but the ride quality of that tire is really good. Mm. You know, it has a very supple casing. You know, maybe if we were to put this to Vittoria, they would say that, you know, that machine isn't representative of what the real world is like. But of course, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect test, right? You know, these kind of rolling resistance machines 
our kind of industry standard for measuring this stuff because you can get that repeatable accurate yeah. results yeah. uh and there's just you know measuring rolling resistance in the real world is a really really difficult and messy thing to do so mm. you know it's just one of those things i think the important take home from it for at least from my point of view because i know I, I stood back for the um for the rolling resistance testing is that we were always getting a snapshot in time as as all tests are and and it, it goes for all claims um across all brands with all products whether it's a bike a wheel set or tires you know they're not showing you data that is they're showing you data they want to show you they're not showing you data that makes them look bad because why would they do that you know that's and that that's the world we live in mm. so you know we've gone in to be objective about this and to show a, a snapshot of of how these tires could perform um and so yeah th there are limitations to that as i think you know we've very well covered yeah uh, you know. and it's fair to say that if we change the parameters of the test you know like the input speed or the contact mm -hmm. patch load or you know the day that we tested or like the kind of you know the other model you know maybe there was variation from the pirellis and we would just happen to get a really good copy mm -hmm. i mean ultimately like we just we just don't know yeah and that's not to say that our our test. I don't think that invalidates the test, but I think you know we're just trying to, as you say, we're just trying to be kind of upfront. Yeah, of course. About uh, the limitations of the test, for example. Exactly. But we didn't just stop there, did we? No. And no. so we went out into the real world. We split the tires uh, between us. There's a bit of cross referencing as well. I've also, but you know, I also tested a, one of the two of the tires now that you have uh, tested as part of this as well. You know, on other bikes, uh, but we took them into the real world. And um, yeah, what did we do there? So I think, you know, one of the most important uh, job, especially with tubeless tyres, is kind of setting them up. Mm. And, you know, it would be really nice to think that in 2023, we were kind of beyond difficult set tubeless setups wouldn't that be nice wouldn't that be nice but it, it just isn't the case clearly so so for us i think that's a that was like a, a huge thing that we wanted to really make sure that we like kind of tested that setup phase yeah because you know you you and i have probably set up more than our fair share of tubeless tires right Indeed. and so i feel that if you know you, if you and i have problems you know yeah. maybe we're not qualified mechanics but you know i've done it so many times at this point that i feel like i have a good a good home mechanics technique and and therefore like if i'm going to struggle then i would never recommend you know my mum or my dad f convert to tubeless with these tires or whatever so so yeah so that, that was a really important thing and then yeah beyond that you know just kind of doing our normal test rides where we take them out on the roads that we're familiar with you know as we do with kind of all products and you know we kind of you know, ride them on the same wheel sets back to back and just kind of you know, on the same roads and, and just getting in that kind of that feeling for, you know, is this a harsh tire or does it feel really good in, you know, when we're kind of descending and like, what's the kind of, you know, yeah, just that kind of intangible ride quality that you, you kind of, you can only really tell from just riding these, these tires kind of back to back to back. And, you know, obviously you can kind of make some generalizations based on the spec counts, for example, or the spec sheets, for example, like the kind of Victoria Corsa Pro TLR and the Challenge uh, Criterium RS, you know, both have, you know, ultra high thread count, like kind of cotton casings. So their ride quality is really, really good. And they are very, very supple. And, uh, you know, obviously those brands would say that in the real world, that helps them absorb imperfections in the road more and that helps you be faster mm -hmm. but it, yeah and, and conversely it's also important to say that like you know you, we a lot we can weigh these tires on the scales and actually something like the pirelli uh, and the goodyears come out uh, the heaviest of the bunch and you might think well these tires are going to be heavy they're going to be really wooden so it's very important for us to then actually go out in the real world and find out whether that's the case sure Not happily 
It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't okay. No, no, it wasn't. Um, but I think it's important to do that because, you know, as always with everything on Bike Radar, you know, we don't want to recommend something or say something's good until we've actually like tested it and ridden it ourselves. And mm. so for us, it this was imp- really important to complete the picture. Exactly. And uh, were there any standouts, uh, standout results from that perspective uh, that someone should take note of right now before they go and dive into our reviews? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... As I kind of said at the very start of this test, like you know, I was kind of impressed, and you know, I guess it's a, it's a good it's a good thing to learn that actually, like amongst this kind of crop of very high end tires, mm. there weren't really any lemons. No. You know, other than you know, I don't want to, it sounds harsh to say the Vittoria was a lemon for the rolling resistance results because you know, if I if I hadn't had the rolling resistance results, I'd I'd be sitting here thinking, oh, this feels fantastic. You know, yeah, I have to agree tire. with you. I have to agree with you so, on the, the set that I've tested as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think, you know, I think we're at a point now where, you know, as I say, absolutely, as Ash says, you should go read the, the full reviews on bikeradar.com if you're interested in a, a specific set of tyres, or even if you're just interested in the topic in general. But in terms of kind of ride feel, grip, you know, kind of like the feet, that sensation of speed and efficiency, mm. they all felt really good out mm. on the road. And, and, and I don't, you know, the difference of say, you know, between the Shawby Pro 1 and the, and the Challenge Criterium RS of what, you know, point two tenths of a watt, a watt or something per mm. tire. Like mm. there's no way that, you know, I could reliably detect that in the real world, but both sets of tires are a, a great addition to your bike. And I'm always like super impressed when I switch between say my commuter bike, which has a set of, you know, box standard kind of winter tires on it and then yeah. you get on my nice bike with one of these sets of tires and you're like oh, okay i can really feel the difference that these mm. tires make to the ride quality yeah and um so uh, well we didn't test durability did we no and we kind of you know this, this you know when we were setting up this test it, it we kind of had a discussion again about like what are we gonna what's what's achievable and we wanted to do the rolling resistance testing, but we also felt that it was very important, as discussed, to do the kind of real world testing. And you know, we are you know we are aware that durability is a very important consideration for a lot of people because obviously you know if you're spending you know the Corsa Pros for example were kind of a hundred pounds per tire, mm. you're spending two hundred pounds on a set of tires. You you kind of you know rightly you want them to last a decent amount of time, yeah. but at the same time, it's very I mean they say it's impossible for us to objectively test. Uh, durability. It doesn't mean we wouldn't be able to give, you know, having ridden them for long enough, we could give subjective opinions on how well a tyre lasts, for example. But, you know, there's so much we can't do the same rides over and over again. No, you can't roll. <laughs> you can't roll over the same hedge clippings and you can't roll yeah. over the same surfaces. And actually our opinion on, you know, let's say I were to puncture one of the tyres. Yeah. If I were to say in my review, oh, well, I punctured the tyre and therefore you shouldn't buy it, that would be a false representation because it's just it's just my sample. Yeah, and also it might yeah. just be in a completely bad luck, you know. Yeah. Like, it, it, you just, you, you know, what happens if the same piece of glass is on the road, one day you hit it, the next day you just kind of ride one centimetre to the left. Like, it. so it we, we just sort of felt that it would be better to, you know, acknowledge that with these tyres... Mm. It's about, I think, about managing your expectations yeah. for what what they're designed to do. You know, the, the latest crop of tires, are, uh, road tires, for example, are like faster than time trial tires from you know only recent generations, mm. and and yet they also come with like impressive durability. You know, like I, I know people who happily run GP five thousands in the winter, for example. Yeah, but it really it really depends. You know, I like I'm quite lightweight. I'm quite light on kit. You know, I often get quite good durability out of tires. 
but, but then you know there'll be other people who ride in all weathers maybe have to take handle rougher roads or mm. you know and they might not have such good luck i i think if you if durability is a, con- a key concern for you especially kind of mileage as well because yeah these tires are really optimized for speed rather than durability or mileage and you, know, you get you get more out of a tire these days with you know things like tubeless and um you know like uh, like compounds have improved yeah but at the end of the day if you're one of those people who thinks well i've tried gp5000s or swirlby pro ones or you know mm. whatever and i always punctured on them then as you said earlier on ash i think you know re- maybe it's worth being realistic about perhaps you should be opting for a, a continental gp5000 astr you know, an all-season tyre, or say the Pirelli Four Seasons, yeah. where they've just released a tubeless version, right? And I yes. believe you're a big fan of that tyre. Uh, I'm about to test it. I was a big fan of the Clinton oh, sorry, version, the Clinton pre- version. Pre- previous yeah. to that. Um, but yes, I'm about to test that, as well as the um, uh, Vitor- uh, Vittoria That's Cor- right. Corsa Pro, Pro Control, Control which TLR. Is, <laughs> TLR, which is the, you know, basically yeah. the same sort of thing yeah. and as, the, as the ASTR, which I have also reviewed. So, you know, it's... I'm a big fan of all-season tyres and these newfangled, um, say, performance all-season tyres. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's worth being... I, I have to agree with you. It's worth being realistic about where you're going to be riding and also how you want to apply those tyres. You know, if you're going to switch the tyres, if you ride, ride you know, your best tyres during the summer still, if you're still of that ilk, which you've every reason to be, yeah, and then switch to a, a sturdier set for, your, for either your winter bike or, or just switch the tyres over on the bike that you use all year round, you know make it work for you but be realistic you know and and sometimes you are just unlucky other 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 times you know and i i know one or two people like this in my own personal riding life where they're just careless and they ride over silly obstacles when they shouldn't do they don't watch (laughs) the line that they're taking for example and all of this has an impact so there's no you know if you're really going to stress products and components all the time to their limits, you're going to break them eventually, and this is and, and that's the thing. But we can't possibly test that fairly, so, yeah. And that's the point we're trying to make here. Um, so, with that in mind, should someone just buy the fastest tire that we that we've tested? That should someone just do that? You know, yeah. I I would say I would say you know, in a way, yes, because the Pirelli that yep. we tested was the fastest tire, mm. uh, and you tested it and you thought it was great. It's so, still on my bike right now, but not through. That's by an accident. But yeah, it's still on so, my bike right now. So if 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 it's in your kind of budget, yeah. and and you don't mind spending what it costs, then yep. yeah, like there's that is, that is a fantastic option. But at the same time, it's a kind of qualified yes because you know it's not the cheapest tire mm. that was on the test. You know the kind of the the, the specialized tire and the Goodyear tires, for example. Um, I think maybe fifteen, maybe even twenty pounds cheaper yep. per tire. Yep. You know, so forty pounds—that's that's quite a big price difference for a set of tires. And you know, we're only you know two watts slower per tire, mm-hmm. if, if that. And and actually, like subjecting our subjective experience of those tires were both excellent. Yes. So you know, it's not the differences are so small. And and I think you know one of the things that we kind of discussed as we've been coming to the kind of the conclusion of this test was the kind of importance of of confidence in mm. your setup and yes. with tires this is especially true because obviously you know it doesn't if you're gaining one or two watts in rolling resistance but you you know you lose your confidence as you switch over to a different tire because you know you change over to to this different tire and it's new mm. and you go out on a wet ride and oh you know your wheel slips yeah as you're going around a corner 
and, and that shakes, and, and your, that shakes your confidence because yeah. you're like, oh, well, it's the tire. You know, because it could perfectly could have happened on the whatever you were using previously. Yeah. And then you've just, you know, you've just lost your cornering confidence with that tire. Mm. You know, so if you've got a tire that you really love and you're kind of happy with it, you know, and just because, you know, if it's finished in the mid pack of this test, I, I wouldn't rush out to, no. to replace it. You know, when you're buying a new set of tires, yeah, I might consider the rolling resistance data, but I might also ask around my friends and say, you know, what did, you, what did you think of the subjective ride quality of that? What did you think of the grip? And now, you know, we have, as we've kind of discussed, put all of that information in our wonderful reviews, which, of course, you should check out. And, of course. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I would say that don't get overly fixated on rolling resistance data um, as, you know, it's very important and use it to inform your purchasing decisions. You know, mm. I certainly probably wouldn't rush out to buy a set of, you know, a tire that was measurably very, very slow mm. because, yeah, like the faster tires, you know, it's not like the Pirelli trades off grip for speed. No. Um, the, Actually, it's not like that happens in any of the tyres no. that I've tested and, and tried. I just, I, I, I couldn't. It's very difficult to tell the difference between them in reality. Yeah, um, there are slight strengths and weaknesses. You know, and one may suit someone better than another. But you know, there's a really, the really good example when I was trying to work out how to score them, and I was going through this process, and I had a, a checklist, and I thought that's not helping me, and then I had, <laughs> I wrote down certain impressions, and I thought that's also not helping me, and you know. In the end, you know, I also had to look at price as well, yeah. and had to be objective about that. And you know, if 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 someone said to me, "You have a bike with, say, the Conti GP five thousand already fitted on it, you know, the STR already fitted on it," I wouldn't rush out, rush and change it, as you say. Yeah, and I'd be perfect, perfectly happy. And yet, you know, if I were buying it with my own money because I had to spec a bike up, and the bottom line mattered, in, you know, in terms of the price I was spending, you know, the cost of the, of the, of the entire system. You know, I'd probably lean a little more personally towards the Goodyear because it's a cheaper tire, and you know, it, I I couldn't really tell the difference between between the two of them. And you know, but then I've also got in the back of my mind, I've got the Pirellis on my bike right now, and they are, and and that feels like a, a, a very fast, very competent all round tire. And again, I would, I'm not rushing to change it because, yeah. okay, I don't have to. I'm very fortunate, as we've covered many times on this podcast, but you know. I don't need to change it because I don't. I'm, I just don't need to be that fussy. It gives me really good ride confidence as well as being fast. Likewise, the slowest tire in the test, the Pro Corsa. Yeah. Uh, you know, I test. I d test. Uh, rode that tire on a bike that I can't talk about yet at the moment. <laughs> but I rode, and it is a fantastic tire for ride feel and gives me so much confidence. So it might not be yeah. in a straight line giving me you know quite as much speed on paper. But a, I can't tell. Because the differences are so fine, you know, are so yeah. finite. It's so small, and yet when I'm turning into a corner, I feel I've got great confidence. So I'm really enjoying the ride. Still, wait, hold on, I'm going slower, but enjoying the ride. That, that doesn't make <laughs> no, sense. No, but I think, I think you know, like especially obviously, it depends where you live as well. And I've talked to people about this before. That like, it depends what kind of bike rider you are. You know, some riders are really good at cornering and descending, and they yeah. can get much more out of a really grippy tire mm. um, with, you know, a lot of road feedback and a lot of a lot of a lot of ride feel. Whereas like, you know, some riders are going to be less confident, you know, maybe ride in less kind of technical areas, you know, might get more out of a slightly faster but less grippy tire. But you know, for, you know, I think a good example is that, you know, we saw, for example, uh, Tadej Pogacar's team riding Continental GP5000 TTTRs at mm. the Tour de France. Mm. But I wouldn't recommend anyone go out and do that because I think they do, they were doing that with the full awareness that they were going to have to replace those tyres 
you know, every 1,000 kilometers or whatever. Yeah. And, and you know, if they puncture, spare bike off the roof of the car. Yeah. You know, like it was an expense that they were willing to to do to get that you know marginal gain but i think for most people you're just going to have a terrible time because you know in all likelihood is you're going to go you know they clean the roads before the race comes through with the tour yeah, de france yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you know they don't do that for you and i no, no. <laughs> i've um, noticed they don't do it for us no it's really yeah. it's funny that. Yeah. <laughs> um so you know your likelihood is is we're going to go out and have some a bit of bad luck in mm. inverted commas but it, it's not good it's not you know so I, I think that that's the kind of you just gotta think about it think about it like that really and like if you if rolling resistance resistance was all that mattered we'd all be running time trial tires all the time but it but it isn't so just just think about where that where that kind of balance of you know performance reliability cost yeah. you know where where do those lines all intersect for you and and kind of you know make a an individual decision based on that it's solid advice. It's good <laughs> advice. It's what it's, it's what we're good at here, I think. Um, but yeah, I think I think for, from my point of view as well, and I've, I've just said it actually, but I repeat, it bears repeating is that if you've got a tire that isn't at, near its end of its shelf life and it's performing really well for you, even if it's not one of the fastest tires here, and that does matter to you, and that's fine. Think hard about changing your you know your setup because it, you know sometimes it's the better the devil you know. And sometimes if you know that you haven't punctured in a long while, you know it's a fast tire and you know you're confident in that ride feel, um, you know, then that's then that, that's really important. And confidence is so important for everything that we do. Um, you know, a bike scores really well if it, if from, you know, in personally for me and a wheel set or a tire, it scores really well if it gives me confidence to ride the way I want to ride. And that's not the same as someone who's racing. That's not the same as a time trial specialist. That's not the same as someone who's on a touring bike all the time. There are a lot of variables at play here. So just really just cluing into how you ride, how you like to ride, and you know, and and what balance you want to strike, and then making an educated decision based on that, based on our reviews, of course. <laughs> and then and then you yeah. you're, you're going to more often than not hit the mark. Um, and that's probably the best advice we can give. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Thank you, everyone. If you stuck with us for the last fifty minutes of us waffling about uh, about tire tech, but you know, tires are, you know, possibly the most important upgrade you can make to a bike. So I think it's time well spent. And also, but you know, if you've got an opinion about it, we would love to hear from you. And because we'd love to be told that we're we're doing it wrong, we should have <laughs> tested this, we should have tested that. Who knows? Maybe we will be able to in the future. Maybe aerodynamics are the most important thing to you, and we need to get on that across a range of wheel sets. Who knows? Let us know. Uh, but if you want to do that, please email us at podcast at bikeradar.com and leave us a review and make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. But with all that all being said, um, I think it's time to end. Thank you very much, Simon, for all your efforts and uh, for laying it out for us this afternoon or this morning, depending on when you're <laughs> listening to this podcast. And uh, well, ciao for now. Yeah, thanks very much, Ash. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 